ITLK. Boss FM Talk. Ain't no stopping us. Very black. That's what I'm talking about. Big up. On today's episode, we're talking black culture, trending topics, and more live. Hosted by yours truly, Alex Haynes. Alex Unmuted on all platforms. Unmuted Nation starts now. Very black. This is awesome day, and I say it is Wednesday. Welcome to Unmuted Nation. I'm Alex Haynes, and uh, welcome to the podcast. If you're listening for the first time, well, you're in for a treat. If you're listening live, you know how this goes down, and uh, this is a show that uh, requires your participation. So uh, we're gonna get things started. My number one eight four four. Unmuted. That's a one eight four four eight six six eight eight three three. Unmuted Nation on Instagram, uh, but but most importantly on Twitter because on Twitter you can respond to me and I can respond to you. Um, and that's what we do on the show. If you're listening for the first time uh, in our app on the Boss FM Talk, and you're listening on the Boss FM uh, Radio Network, share this app and share that you're listening to Unmuted Nation right now. If you're listening on one of our partner apps or a, a partner station or channel, let them know that we are listening. That you're listening to uh, the nation there. Okay, so much trending. I'm going to. I, I talked a little bit about Andrew Brown Jr. yesterday. Uh, I'm going to continue my talk about Andrew Brown Jr. today because I I watched the press conference uh that the district attorney uh in elizabeth city uh, it, I i'm going there all right i'm going there um breaking uh <laughs> amazon has announced that they're going to ban police from using their facial recognition software indefinitely um and uh new york attorney general letitia james Adds criminal capacity to the probe, a probe of the Trump organization. I'll tell you uh, what they are doing. And uh, New York, uh, the investigation into Donald Trump and the Trump organization has gone from just civil to now criminal. Uh, and she's also working with the Manhattan DA. So I got a lot going. I, I mean, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot going on. Um, let's. Uh, yeah, I'm, I'm gonna leave it there because we're gonna jump into it. Uh, I'll tell you some news about Issa Rae. She's releasing a new series. Uh, there's still tons of confusion, uh, around this mask mandate, but when I tell you, and I'll go ahead and, uh, make it clear, alright? When, t- <laughs> when I tell you that these cities are opening up, uh, and things are looking good, uh, Get out there. Demi Lovato breaking news, uh, this morning as well as Billy Porter. So all of that happening, uh, we'll unpack that on the nation and I'm back with you in six minutes. You're listening to Unmuted Nation on the all new Boss FM Talk. You and I are one. I'm back with you in moments. Unmuted Nation. up everyone it is Mackenzie from Stafford Virginia and you're listening to Unmuted Nation on Boss FM Talk Donald Donald my have I waited for this day I really uh uh you know with him he gets off on everything but you know it was troubling to people that we never got uh like there's not there was not a law but just a precedent of presidents releasing their tax returns being transparent with the american people right uh i don't i'm not running for no damn president y'all don't need to see my taxes uh there's nothing there to see but there's plenty there he's trump has spoken uh, out many times and said that he's thought that people that are actually paying taxes are stupid yes this man that was a uh <laughs> elected to serve you and I uh, said that with his words. Um, so let's get into this. The New York Attorney General's office said Tuesday uh, that it is pursuing a, a criminal investigation into the Trump organization in addition to the ongoing civil probe. Uh, this from Fabian Levy, a spokesperson for the office uh, and um, interesting, right? Um, 
We have informed the Trump organization that our investigation into the organization is no longer purely civil in nature. We are now actively investigating the Trump organization in a criminal capacity, along with the Manhattan DA. We have no additional comment at this time. Attorney General Letitia James has been at the forefront of legal action against former President Donald Trump's family business. The Trump organization investigation stemmed from allegations made by Trump's former attorney, Michael Cohen, who alleged when he testified. Now, remember, people were looking at Michael sideways because he lied. Right? I mean, he's a known liar, right? And he also went to jail. He This man went to jail for Trump. So what's the... He, I know that, I mean, he's lied about things, but from his standpoint, what did he have to lose? Why, why lie about Trump now? Um, Cohen alleged, alleged when he testified to Congress in 2019 that Donald had deliberately provided incorrect valuations of assets and official documents. Now, not paying taxes is one thing. Fraud is another. <laughs> ABC News, uh, reported uh, in addition to our own urban newsroom, citing a source fam- familiar with the investigation. Now, uh, Letitia's, uh, Attorney General James's, uh, years long probe into Trump's charitable foundation led to its dissolution in 2018. So she's brought him down once. More recently, her investigation into whether Trump's businesses had inflated the value of its assets for the purposes of tax breaks and loans came to a head in October when Eric Trump, the president's son and executive at his business, sat for a pre-election deposition. A representative from the Trump organization did not immediately respond to any request for comment. But what would they say, right? Uh, what, what do you say? What do you say? I mean, the man lied over and over and over. He lied to the American people. He lied to his constituents. He raised money from his constituents after he lost the election with the stop the steal. Like you hear this term. I know most of us have unplugged from news. That's, that's why you got me. Um, but you hear on these cable networks and, and news networks, they re- reference the big lie. Uh, and while Republicans, uh, by name, there are a number of Republicans that are kind of falling away from the party now, but Republicans by name are, are leaning into this big lie. And this lie that has been told to the American people has confused so many people. I think that this is all tied to education. As you know that I believe that already. I think, you know, uh, we know that we are, we have an education problem in this country. We are the 26th in education in the world. After COVID, we're probably 45th. Um, and we're not getting smarter by the generation. That's an interesting thing about this. Uh, we're just not. So with that, that information, I can't help but want, like, People believe what they hear, right? And if you dress it up and you make it look pretty, I'll, I'll say it like this. All of us have been, uh, gotten text messages from that parent or that uncle or aunt that sends you the conspiracy videos that they watch on YouTube. And you're like, what the hell is this? Now it looks good to them, but your non-trained eye can tell that this is some bullshit, right? And so imagine a mass amount of people that think that way and that live that way and they base all of their um information based on what they hear and it's from any source so that means you can dress it up and that's why scamming is so prevalent right now that's why phishing via email uh people lose access to their accounts and access to their money because they click on everything and they believe everything and so i think that's that's a that's a real epidemic in this country i don't know if it's a pandemic because i don't know if other countries have that i don't have that data but i would i would speculate and even and say with some confidence that it's total total nonsense to believe that we're coming out of an era where people um are you know (sighs) yeah so that's what's going on with Trump. We'll continue to follow that. It's important. Um, coming up in, in, uh, in the second hour, I'll tell you about some developments in what's going on with Hillsong Church. Uh, and if you, you may remember Carl Lentz was the pastor of Hillsong Church in New York. Uh, he was removed, uh, after some infidelity, but the senior pastor of the head, the founder of Hillsong Church based in Australia spoke out in an NBC interview with Samantha Guthrie and said that he had concerns about Carl Lentz for years. Uh, if I can get to that i wanted to touch that as well but i also want to jump into some of the other developments that are happening today and i i, I gotta de- i gotta dedicate some time to andrew uh brown jr so we're gonna get there um 
But let's let's jump into this one. Um, a North Carolina judge accused of trying to hit an activist with a car during a police uh, has been accused of trying to. Now, North Carolina is really uh, on my list, okay? Because uh, North Carolina, this is also in Elizabeth City, North Carolina. This is where this Andrew Brown uh, Jr. Uh, stuff is going on. An appeals court judge in North Carolina is accused of aiming an SUV at a protester at an anti-police brutality rally in Fayetteville earlier this month. Judge John Marsh Tyson, who's 67, has been summoned to appear in court and will be charged with misdemeanor assault with a deadly weapon in the incident May 7th in downtown Fayetteville, according to court records from the Cumberland County District Court Division. Now, if we can hold judges accountable and not police officers, we have an issue. <laughs> Come closer. Uh, Tyson's hearing is scheduled for June 21st, according to the criminal summons signed by Magistrate Judge C.L. McMillan. Now, McMillan found enough evidence to support the charge and address the finding directly with Tyson, according to court records. Uh, McMillan wrote in his document, I, the undersigned, find that there is probable cause to believe that on or about the date of the offense, the defendant drove at a high rate of speed attempting to hit my Terry my Sierra Warren with a deadly weapon a white SUV a judge Warren who goes by Maya was not hit or injured she said Tuesday that she went before a magistrate last week when the summons was issued for Tyson North Carolina law allows residents to commence criminal charges by approaching a magistrate. In her criminal complaint, Warren wrote she recognized the driver who hit her as the judge. Uh, she says, I was at the market house processing at 631. A white SUV with a number four plate attempted to hit me. Uh, she said, I was standing inside the paint, which is not a traffic lane. Warren, who's 23 years old, said her roles as a business owner and a community activist put her in touch with many public figures and lawyers, which is how she was familiar with the judge. Now, she said it was not okay, adding that she would like to see him be a man and own up. Uh, judge Tyson did not respond to, uh, I'm sorry, Tyson did not respond to a request for comment. Uh, but his attorney, uh, David Corey said, uh, <laughs> that he's, that the misdemeanor summons brought by an individual, not law enforcement, seven days after the alleged date of offense. Okay. Typical defense. NBC affiliate WRAL of Raleigh reported that the SUV was state issued. So you tried to run over a protester with a state issued vehicle at a full speed and you're a judge you need not only do you need to be locked up you need to be disbarred yeah you need your ass looked there's there's a number of things that should happen here warren uh told the station that tyson nearly hit her after his second pass around the building but that was not seen in the released video now in a video that has been made public a light colored suv drives around a bend onto uh, uh, uh drives around i guess a corner onto a street uh that had black lives do matter uh emblazoned on on the ground the suv drives near a handful of protesters on the sidewalk and the fayetteville observer reported that a police spokesman said the road was not open to traffic fayetteville police did not respond to a request for comment tuesday but reports of drivers striking or nearly hitting protesters have increased throughout the country since demonstrators took to the streets nearly a year ago after the george floyd's death at the hands of minneapolis police we talked about that here now tension on the streets uh should not be translated to drivers but this is another one that's interesting it's frustrating it's a judge that's out of pocket and needs to go all right more of the nation uh after this quick break uh my number 844 unmuted that's 844-866-8833 i am back with you welcome back to unmuted nation and uh, if you're just tuning in of course this show is available for you to share it's available via podcast if you're not if you're listening live if you're uh, listening via podcast, you can also catch us live uh, at 1 p.m. Eastern on Boss FM Talk Radio. That's inside of the Boss FM digital radio app, available in your app store and online at bossfm.com. Jumping back into uh, some trending news uh, and, and specifically um, some things that are going to affect you. Um, you know... I, I, before I, I talk about, you know, the taxes that are used by law enforcement in this country, uh, for whatever reason, you know, I, I think the anxiety that, um, comes upon people in black skin and black and brown skin in this country, uh, is also something that needs to be analyzed and evaluated. Uh, I think sometimes 
because even as black parents and aunts and uncles that raise children have lived a life you don't recognize even if you've had the conversation with your children you don't recognize the anxiety that they have um, when something happens right and that's when we talk about uh, Andrew Brown Jr. Uh, and the seven police officers that showed up to serve a uh, a warrant a non-violent warrant of, of for a man that had no known criminal history and it's interesting also i can't i can't wait till we jump into that because the da i'm not even there i'll go there in a second so anxiety is important right amazon uh and talking with your children about how they feel about police officers what they feel with them when they see it is important online retail giant amazon has banned police departments from using its facial recognition software recognition nearly a year ago and it was supposed to last for just one year this week the company announced that the ban would continue indefinitely reuters was the first to report amazon will not allow police agencies to use the software which experts say inaccurately matches african-americans disproportionately. The company did not comment on the ban, but had previously stated it hoped Congress would create a law that would ensure ethical use of the technology. No bill of the sort has been drawn up in the legislative body. That's an issue for you and your legislators, right? Um... (laughs) Nathan Freed Wessler, the deputy project director at the ACLU, uh, told Reuters that face recognition technology fuels the over-policing of black and brown communities. Um to the false arrest and wrongful incarcerations of multiple black men. Other companies like the pharmacy chain Rite Aid have stopped using facial recognition software in its stores while Microsoft is awaiting federal regulation before allowing their proprietary software to be used by police agencies. A Michigan man sued Detroit police with the help of the ACLU after he was wrongfully identified by facial recognition software. Robert Williams, he's 43 years old and a father from Detroit, uh, was arrested in early July on charges that he stole watches from Shinola, uh, a trendy accessory store in the city. Detroit police used facial recognition software on the store surveillance camera footage and wrongfully identified him as the thief. Studies have shown that facial recognition systems misidentify black and Asian people up to 100 times more than white men. Still, it remains in use in major U.S. cities. Um, in Williams' lawsuit, specifically, Police Chief James Craig, who announced his re- resignation this month, uh, an African-American, is reportedly considering a run as the Republican challenger to Michigan's Democratic Governor Gretchen Whitmer. This is insane. Insane, insane, and insane. Uh, but does this facial recognition software... Uh, uh, no, it just. It, how did we get here? That's that's the main question. So, I mean, kudos to Amazon because I don't, I can't I can't give anybody. Uh, a, I'm not celebrating the fact that this. Of this facial recognition software, I can't even be called facial recognition software if 100 percent of the time, oh, 100 times, uh, it gets black and African and Asian people wrong. Like, is it actually facial recognition? Is it really the great technology that they claim that it is? I think not. I think not. So, yeah, I just. I just can't. Some breaking news um, happening just this morning and uh, getting confirmation. Uh, the Originally, I saw it from Roland Martin. He tweeted out uh, breaking news of uh, comedic legend Paul Moody. He's passed away at age 79. His cousin Rudy uh, Ely called Roland uh, from Paul's phone and said he passed away two hours ago from suffering a after suffering a heart attack at his home in Oakland. Um we uh, will follow the developments in this case. Paul Mooney, a legend, uh, a comi- a true, true, true legend, like a, a true legend. Um, it's it, it's as, as, it's still breaking. So uh, I mean, you know him from. Uh, I mean, and in so many ways, people felt that he was uh, a. a a king uh in the in the comedy community um you know him from uh Chappelle show and bamboozled um the buddy holly story there's uh 
he was a writer for Richard Pryor and so uh, a legend in so many ways um uh, some additional reporting again this is this is fresh this just is happening uh today um his representative Cassandra Williams confirmed the news saying it just happened uh, she confirmed he had no prior health issues which made his death even more shocking she added uh, he was with family and it was in his home paramedics tried to revive the comedian to no avail after arriving on the scene uh and his twitter account uh confirmed the news as well tweeting thank you all from the bottom of our hearts you're all the best Mooney World the godfather of comedy one moon many stars so all in love with this great man many thanks um that's all i've got on that but uh we celebrate the life uh well lived by a legend in our community uh my our our hearts uh, and thoughts and prayers go out to the family of paul mooney and for uh, his fans those of you affected uh by this sudden heart attack and, the, and this sad news um we'll take a quick break and i'm back with the nation in a moment call the nation one eight four four unmuted that's one eight four four eight six six eight eight three three. agree disagree be heard record your feedback on today's show and email it to comments at unmutednation.com yeah you may hear yourself on a future show that's right y'all thanks for sticking with me uh we're gonna jump back into it and uh I, there's a lot here a, a lot and in, in the next hour uh, i'm gonna break some things down and i know i'm gonna run out of time today but it's okay um Billy Porter, uh, you know him from, if you're watching Pose right now, uh, if you've seen Pose or you know about the show Pose, Billy Porter is, is starring in Pose. Uh, he's an award winning actor, um, and from Pittsburgh and, uh, he's, also had a, he's had a long career like a long long career if you don't know anything about him he graduated from Carnegie Mellon University School of Drama uh, and he had some fame uh, early in his career he uh, <laughs> a uh, was a, a an R&B sing- you know what I'm gonna pull that I'll play some Billy Porter if you stick with me to the end of the show I'll play uh, one of his singles because the video anyway Billy Porter <laughs> has broken uh, a 14 year silence and uh, he spoke out and, and this is what he had to say I'm grateful to pose the spirit of it the message of it the purpose of it my purpose my calling my ministry is about this conversation we're having because the world needs to know what HIV positive looks like. My question was always, well, why was I spared? You know, why am I living? Well, I'm living so I could tell the story. I'm living because I'm a vessel to make sure that everybody knows there is a whole generation who were here and I stand on their shoulders I can be who I am in this space and in this time and in this world because of the legacy uh, so is this news? I really, you know, I don't think that people should have to disclose uh, their health diagnosis to you. I really don't believe that. I'm somebody that's never believed that. Why did he speak out? And I think it was very interesting in his own words. He said, he, this is my ministry. This is my, uh, why was I spared? Uh, with, and if you've, you've watched Pose, it chronicles, uh, the ballroom scene from uh, the LGBTQ community. And a uh, community of family that, that came together when uh, members of that uh, of the community did not have family. Uh, uh, as we know, the AIDS epidemic hit the United States and most uh, most detrimentally hit the black community and the gay community in ways. You know, people, they were ostracized and post chronicles how pe- how they were treated, how they were treated in hospitals, why they refused treatment. All of this is chronicled in the show. The show's in its last season. Uh, but, uh, Billy in his own words, like he, I, 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 
aside from him saying what he had to say, um, I don't think anybody could say it, say it any, any, any better. Uh, Porter's 51 and he won an Emmy <coughs> for his HIV positive character, Pray Tell, on the FX series. Uh, but he's part of the reason that he believes that it was time to say this is because, uh, the isolation of the pandemic led him to reflect on his secret. A secret that he kept from his mother and those, uh, that, uh, you know, like, you know, and I, I think, it's important, uh, for, well, I don't think it's important for people to share their HIV diagnoses, right? I don't, or any of your healthcare diagnoses. That's your private business. But in his words, I think him saying, I survived so I could tell the story. That's what I'm here for. I think reflecting on why, you know, a, a great person once told me that a, a lot of the things that we go through are not, and you know what? Another friend of mine just reaffirmed that to me just last week too. Shout out to Dewan. Um, a lot of the things that we go through are not for us it gives us perspective and so many times you will be able to use something that you've been through to help other people so and I kind of jumbled the reporting here right because I I think I don't think that I I, I truly believe people aren't required to tell you their health diagnoses Uh, you know unless you're at risk you know sexually or something like that I think that you know obviously disclosure is important uh, with sexual partners but the general public it's none of your business but you never to, to Billy's point you never know when what you're going through is going to help somebody else or a situation that you've gone through it gives you the strength to deal with things that you didn't think that you would deal with not to get heavy and and and, and I've shared this before so <clears throat> I I have no qualms with sharing it but when I was 25, I had uh, meningitis, um, crippling meningitis, to the point to where I lost significant weight. Um, friends and family completely concerned. Doctors not able to tell me what was going on. And if I had not been with my mom on one day, I was having what's called focal seizures, where it's really, I felt like I was blacking out, but I was, my body was actually seizing. And I had one with my mom. Uh, I was out with my mom. She was able to get me to a hospital. They still didn't know. They discharged me uh, after saying I was dehydrated, and then only after me collapsing on my way out of the out of the hospital, um, were they <clears throat> able to do some work. And they had to do a spinal tap to determine this, this specific diagnosis. And fourteen late fourteen days later, I remember waking up in this hospital bed, like, "What in the hell?" Subsequently, I spent about three months in the hospital and like not how, not how I plan to spend 25 at all. Right. Almost 10 years later, I can look at that situation and reflect. I, 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 I reflect on and rejoice for the fact that I'm here. But the number of people like in year one, it was very difficult to talk about. It's very difficult to think about. Year two was hard to think about without being in tears, right? Watching my parents agonize and my friends agonize over me being somebody that likes to help people being helpless. Uh, friends being there for me. Um, around year three and year four, I started to have experiences with people that were having uh, traumatic issues, either they were hospitalized or diagnosed with traumatic illnesses, going through harsh treatments, uh, things that I could never empathize with before. Uh, I've been able to use that situation, a lived experience, to connect and to help people believe. And I think that is what Billy did. I think. Uh, this is, this is more about him than me, but I think his ability to, to know that his calling and his purpose is really to connect with people, to let them know that they can. Uh, as you heard, he said, I survived so that I could tell this story and that's what I'm here for. I'm the vessel and emotionally that was sufficient until it wasn't. Um, he said, so here we are. And I think, um, just interesting news. Um, in addition to that, Demi Lovato speaking out, uh, and she, uh, has shared with the world 
uh, a new gender designation. And, uh, we live in an era where people can do what they want and, and, and take the time to find herself. I think interesting, and I, I'll play Demi announcing that she is, is non-binary and will use the pronouns, uh, they, them. Uh, I, I think that they, and we all have the ability and the luxury of deciding to grow. Demi Lovato. Living in the fourth dimension means existing consciously in both time and space. But for me, it means having conversations that transcend the typical discourse. I want to take this moment to share something very personal with you. Over the past year and a half, I've been doing some healing and self-reflective work. And through this work, I've had the revelation that I identify as non-binary. With that said, I'll officially be changing my pronouns to they, them. I feel that this best represents the fluidity I feel in my gender expression and allows me to feel most authentic and true to the person I both know I am and still am discovering. In this first episode, I'm excited to share with you what this means to me and what it may look like for other people. I want to make it clear that I'm still learning and coming into myself, and I don't claim to be an expert or a spokesperson. I know this might be a new conversation for many, so I'm inviting my friend Alok, someone I trust to spend time on this platform. Alok is an author, performer, and an important voice within the non-binary community and beyond. Their work to create visibility, equality, and understanding has inspired me on my healing journey. We'll discuss identity at large, but also take the time to personally reflect on how I came into my truth so that we, like many others, are able to live our lives authentically. In just a minute, I'm going to share space with Alok and dive deeper into this conversation. Unmuted Nation. What I thought was extremely telling there is that she said, um, I want to make it clear that I'm still learning and I'm still coming into myself. And I think part of life is still learning and coming into yourself. We're all still learning and coming to a, in, into ourselves at different times, at different rates. I think the trouble with the, this is that people don't like to relearn. And I've said this on this show before. People don't like to relearn terms. Uh, they feel that they don't feel like to feel, um, inadequate or uneducated because they don't know uh like the the term cisgender or non-binary or using pronouns like they them it's not native to them it's not something people no one's excited about learning after they're out of school and i think if you keep that top of mind whether you're coming out of the closet or changing your pronouns or coming into yourself and starting to identify with new pronouns that's a better way to say that linguistically uh, I think what you should realize, because Demi said she's still coming and she's still learning and she knew that she'll probably, or they will, Demi will probably get some, see, that's, it's difficult to do, will still possibly get some of that, those pronouns, uh, incorrect while she's referring to herself and others that have decided to do so. Uh, does that make Demi a male or female you know there's so many there's so much confusion there I think on both sides and I, I think I admonish her for saying I'm still coming into myself and I'm still learning and I don't know uh, if you are that person just imagine how someone that's not changing or that's not going through or experiencing changes or coming into themselves uh, that and they're starting to identify something different later in life imagine what 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 trouble it may be to to uh adapt and it's it's less about acceptance right i think anything with time and i think if, if with care and, and we've we've done that on this show part of the reason that we we did the hear me series last year was to have those candid conversations and have conversation in community about community right so black man hear me black woman hear me this is for these people to be heard uh black trans man hear me i apologize for my voice i've been losing it since yesterday so i'm drinking a lot of water a lot of tea <laughs> so if i sound scratchy uh i i know i'm so sorry uh but black trans man hear me these are great series that we did here at unmuted nation available in the boss fm app uh and you can also watch them online on our website uh the full series um the Hear Me series and looking at those perspective, 
perspectives will help you uh interact uh congrats both to billy porter and to demi lovato for the strength that it took to make these moves today uh and you know we'll follow these details i, I have to keep it moving uh, i've got an exciting second hour and we continue with more unmuted nation uh after this Welcome to the second hour of the nation. If you're just tuning in, uh, this is Unmuted Nation, where it goes down. You give your opinion, I give mine, and uh, we discuss it. You take the conversation that you hear, here, right here, and you take it back to your text groups. You take it to uh, your family discussions, and you have these conversations so that we can all be enlightened, right? So it's a joint effort here at the nation. Coming up in this hour, uh, I'll tell you uh, something that could be happening airlines could start weighing passengers uh how would you feel about being weighed or providing your weight uh before you purchase your ticket is that something that you would be uh interested in also uh we talked about you know how how people have to conceal their race uh or code switch we've we've hit code switching uh you know from a large standpoint here but how about code switching to sell your house still happening 2021 i'll tell you about a woman in indianapolis uh whose home value went up by one hundred thousand dollars when she took her black photos out uh and asked her white friend to stand in also uh i want to tell you about a former texas prosecutor who's been disbarred after withholding evidence that led to two black men spending 14 years in prison over a wrongful conviction. You do not want to miss anything coming up in this hour. If I got time to get to it, I'll talk about Hillsong Church uh, and senior pastor, founding pastor of Hillsong in Australia, speaking out uh, about uh, suspicions he had about Carl Lentz, uh, the former pastor of Hillsong in New York, and how he had concerns for years that were not shared. Uh, plus, churches accused of abusing teens with extreme boot camp if we got time to get to the church we'll do that all that coming up in this hour stick with me more unmuted nation after this break we're jumping back into uh what matters uh so do you remember the mccloskeys back in uh 2020 during the aftermath of the george floyd uh, murder and the unrest that hit the united states uh in st louis missouri mark and linda mccloskey were uh arrested and they were charged with federal crimes for brandishing a weapon towards black lives matter protesters mark mccloskey has announced his plans to run for the senate in st louis take uh he also sat down and did an interview with uh you know our favorite conservative uh liar tuckums but i i got that for you first we'll listen to his campaign ad this is running in missouri uh mark mccloskey running for the senate when the angry mob came to destroy my house and kill my family i took a stand against them now i'm asking for the privilege to take that stand for all of us when the fascist mob came to my door it woke me up I saw what the future of America will be if we don't all stand up right now and defend our rights. My name is Mark McCloskey. I will defend the people of Missouri. You have my word. I will never back down. So just like the conservatives uh, taking a stand against nothing, uh, he says angry mob of Black Lives Matter protesters. Uh, you'll hear in the Tuck interview uh, the... Or, demo of those protesters but what is this stand to take our country back like this is the literal listen this is the modern day kkk like these people were protesting police brutality and police killing black people right life um and you called them an angry mob why because that's a talking point um, but you'll hear in the interview that he did with Tuckums, there are buzzwords in this. I'm, look at me. I'm clapping my hands. You know, when a black person starts clapping their hands, either back up <laughs> or clap back. Um, but they use certain buzzwords. We're hearing the same buzzwords all day long on Fox News. I'm, I know y'all don't watch Fox News. Uh, cancel culture. Uh, well, they are the ones that cancel progression, right? That's what we, that's what we combat with them. The lie of critical race theory. Well, telling people that like, you know, it's important white person that you see my color so that you know that I'm a black person. So you, you know, it, like, 
I don't see color is not endearing for the black people at all. It doesn't make us feel good. It doesn't make us feel wanted. It doesn't make us feel loved. It doesn't make us feel seen. And it does not make us feel equal. Uh, he's got, they talk about the big lie. No, the big lie is Donald Trump saying that he won the election. The big lie is that there was no insurrection on the capital of the country on January 6th. They call it the big lie of systemic, systemic racism. And they say it's all backed up by a threat of mob by violence. He sat down with Tuckums. Um, I hate that I'm, I, you know, I don't like him on my damn airwaves, but here, here, here we go. I've always been a Republican, but I've never been a politician. But, you know, God came knocking on my door last summer disguised as an angry mob, and it, it really did wake me up. And as I campaigned for the president last fall, and as we've continued to do rallies and events supporting our constitutional rights, what I've learned is that the people out there in this country are just sick and tired of cancel culture and the poison of critical race theory and the big lie of systemic racism, all backed up by the threat of mob violence. And people are just sick of it. They don't want any more posers and egotists and career politicians going to D.C. All we hear is talk, and nothing ever changes. Yeah. It, it just seemed to me that, that people have to stand up. Each and every one of us needs to stand up now and say we're not sheep. We're free people. We're going to pull the power back to the people. And the people that need to go into politics at every level, from the local school board, like your, like your guest John earlier today, the local city council, your mayors, your state representatives, your state senators, your United States senators, you have to send people to D.C. that are willing to tell the truth, willing to fight for our freedoms, regardless of what it costs you personally, economically, socially. If we don't stand up now and take this country back, it's going away. We used to talk about the erosion of our civil liberties. In the last hundred and some days since this administration has taken over, there's been the wholesale slaughter of our civil liberties and wholesale yeah. institution of what cannot be called anything but socialism. People being paid with our money to stay home and not work. And, and, our, and our president says, gee, I don't think that's taking place. It's just everything is nonsense. Everything has been upside down, and it's time to straighten things back up. Mark Mahlaska, I appreciate it. I have to say, I'd forgotten this one fact. Watching the video just now of that day, June 28th of last year, you were denounced by the Washington Post as a racist for defending your house. <laughs> but a lot of the mob were like pampered white kids, I guess, as always. Oh, <laughs> I don't know why I'd forgotten Absolutely. that. Of course they were. <laughs> yeah. Oh, no. You Mark Mahlaska, congratulations. All right. I'll just say, if, I'm sorry? You know, if everybody out there can, can help out. Uh, five ten dollars McCloskey for Senate.com. I sure appreciate it. The left's going to come down on us like a ton of bricks. We need all the help Talk we can. I forgot this fact and I cringed. But facts, no, but truth. Uh, an angry mob of pampered white kids. Are they pampered because they don't buy into the live racism or systemic racism or oppression that your party stands for? Like Tuckums, like what the hell are you talking about? What are you talking about, Tuckums? I mean, congratulations to this man. I got fam in St. Louis, roots in St. Louis. I know my family. I know St. Louis proper ain't, but Missouri, you know, is just as racist as the rest of the states in the United States. Uh, I don't know what this man is under federal investigation. So it's, it's really the unmitigated gall and arrogance of the, like, Matt Gates. Still collecting money, making fun at this federal investigation, pending, uh, pending his federal charges. This man brandished a weapon at protesters. Now he's running to be a senator. Do you, do you really want this in your Senate? Ladies and gentlemen, wake up. Wake the, wake up. I'm Muted Nation. I'm back with you in six minutes. Did all that damn time on Tuckums. Okay. Welcome back to the nation. Um, Let's see if we can get through this. Uh, this one, uh, caught my eye because, alright, like, everything, everything seems just so off. And I know that I'm not alone in feeling this way. I hear this all the time, you know, this is like, am I the only one feeling like, shit is just weird. It's just weird. There's just a lot of weird things happening. Um, and it, it's, 
it's 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 weird. Um, airline passengers may be required to step on the scale at the airport or show how much they weigh before boarding a flight. A new report suggests data airlines use to measure passenger weight to ensure safety on board planes may be outdated as the obesity rate in the United States increases. Now, air carriers may have to update average passenger weight, according to the airline blog View from the Wing, citing a circular advisory sent out by the Federal Avi- Aviation Administration. Now, under these new requirements, reviewed by airline industry publication <laughs> Air Insight Group, airlines would be mandated to take surveys to set standard average passenger weights for crew members, baggage, and passengers through ra- random sampling and call on passengers to participate. Now, calling on the passengers to participate is where you draw the line, right? Because this is happening whether you knew it or not. They're saying it's outdated. The plane has to weigh a certain amount, right? So sometimes certain baggage can't go. Sometimes the load is too much. That's why standby passengers can't get on. Uh, there is a calculated weight that's a safe weight for the plane to fly. Uh, so I don't think y'all need to figure this out without the passengers. Um Air Insight Group said that regardless of the sampling method used, an operator has the option of surveying each passenger and bag abroad the aircraft and should give a passenger the right to decline to participate in any passenger or weight survey. The survey is said to be conducted on a voluntary basis, so if a passenger declines to participate, the airline is advised to select another traveler at random, according to the guidance. Now, the weight of it, now this is guidance, like similar to what the CDC gives, right? Guidance. They can't, the CDC is not telling you what to do. But this is the recommended guidance for your life. Unless it's a mandate, right? Uh, the weight of an average adult passenger and carry-on bag will be increased to 190 pounds in the summer and 195 pounds in the winter. That's up 12% from 170 pounds and 175 pounds, Air Insight Group noted, of the new FAA standards. Airlines would have to increase the average weight for female passengers and carry-ons from 145 pounds to 179 pounds in the summer and 150 pounds to 184 pounds in the winter. Uh, while the weight for males with carry-ons will go up from 185 pounds in the summer to 200 pounds and from 190 pounds to 205 pounds in the winter. The FAA suggests air carriers complete these surveys every 36 calendar months. According to the advisory circular, passengers' weight is also said to remain confidential. It's unclear when travelers may be expected to step on the scale at airports or asked about their weight. The FAA, I hate doing stories like this because this, this may never happen. But now I got you talking about it and you'll be talking amongst your family or your coworkers while you're stuffing that chicken wing down your face. But the FAA did not immediately return a request for comment. Uh, I don't have any comments for this at all. I'm not stepping on no damn scale at an airport. Now, enough is enough. You done reached in my crotch, up my ass, down my legs. I'm not stepping on a scale. I'm just not. I'm, I'm not going to do it. I'm not. I'm not doing it. I'm not doing it. Um, okay. I'm, I'm not. Like, I'm just not gonna do that. It's not in my best interest. It's not something that I wanna do. Um, uh, this one I wanna hit before we have to take yet another break. Uh, but it's okay. We're in this for the long haul. So, um, a black Indianapolis homeowner who had a nagging suspicion that her house was lowballed in two appraisals last year went to great lengths to conceal her race in a third. She removed photos of herself and her relatives and had a white friend pose as her brother for the appraiser's home visit. The result, the appraisal of Char- Carlette Duffy's home more than doubled. Duffy's home, which was assessed by different companies last year, was first appraised at 125000 then 110000 And finally... 259000 in November, according to the Fair Housing Center of Central Indiana. The nonprofit announced this month that it had filed housing discrimination complaints on Duffy's behalf with the Department of Housing and Urban Development. Amy Nelson, executive director of the group representing Duffy, said it's heartbreaking that she had to do so much to secure a fair appraisal. It's heartbreaking, but it's not new. Right? Black people have been dealing with this type of injustice in this country from you people forever. And I say you people because you people are, it's not black people discriminating against black people for being black. That's not what, that's not what's happening. It's sad. It's depressing. It's frustrating. 
It's not endearing. It's not something that I want to hear. It's not good news. It's not a good look. It's not a good feeling. It is none of that. (laughs) In order, Nelson said, in order for the value of her home to be accurate, she had to remove herself completely from the home. She was at first ecstatic that she did, in fact, get the value that she thought her home deserved. But then almost immediately after, she was heartbroken with the fact of what she had to do in order to get that value. Duffy, who was trying to refinance her mortgage last year, took additional steps on her third appraisal to ensure better results, according to the Fair Housing Center. She did not declare her race or gender as part of the appraisal application process, and she limited her interactions with the appraiser to email. The complaints alleged discrimination against Duffy based on her race and color. They argue that the lower valuations amount to violations of Title VIII of the Civil Rights Act of 1968 as amended by the Fair Housing Act of 1968. This happening in plain sight. Before you go out there and get your house appraised, before you go do something that you like think that it's normal for you to do, because it is. You are you should you participate in this free market, you pay taxes like everybody else, you go to work like everybody else, your house should be appraised, and that should be that. And it should not it should not be an issue. There should not be a problem. It's frustrating. Alright. Break and I'm back with more. You're listening to Unmutation on the all new Boss FM Talk you and R1. Hey, what's up? This is D Sydney C from Uncharted, and you're listening to Unmuted Nation on Boss FM Talk. Unmuted Nation. So, here's the truth I'm out of time, uh, but this is a good problem to have. That does not mean that I'm not back tomorrow. It does not mean that I'm not going to be back to do this again tomorrow. And does it mean that we're not going to continue to have these conversations that further our community advancement uh, and that allow us to dig in and dive in to uh to just who we are right um i think it is uh the most important important thing um that we continue to have these conversations and i will do that that's my commitment to you uh and we talk about that on the show social media so go follow it unmuted nation twitter instagram facebook not just me don't just follow me okay you got to follow more than me I need you to do that, okay? Um, my number is the same, and it'll be the same tomorrow, but as far as who I am, I'm Alex Unmuted. You guys know that because you are following. Thanks for that as well. Uh, Twitter, Instagram, and .com. Remember, today is greater. Believe it, speak it, and live it. You have to make the choice to be great. Your situation is not your destination, so go and make it your motivation. I am out of here. If you're listening live, The Breakdown with Hans and Christian. Uh, is next. If you're on the podcast, I will just see your ass tomorrow. I love you. Unmuted Nation and the Unmuted Nation podcast are registered trademarks. Each show is broadcast and powered by Boss FM. For more information on the show, podcast, or advertising, email show at unmutednation.com. Okay, I won't deny. Unmuted Nation. Yeah, no, I'm not re-